are so glad that you are all here uh, today. I want to welcome those that are with us online as well. We're so grateful that you are with us, as well as those who maybe are here for the very first time. Uh, we love it that you're able to join us here today. It is a fun day. And let me say this, happy Father's Day uh, to the men and the fathers in the room. Uh, I know a day like today is a challenge for some guys, uh, because some of you, maybe you want to be a dad. Maybe you've lost a dad. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you've had a struggled relationship with a dad in the past. I don't know what you've experienced, but uh, I just know this, that there's nothing more valuable in our world than, than men who step up and take the, the role of being a father and saying, I want to be here to invest in my family, to invest in my kids. And I'll say this, I'm proud of you. Man, we have some amazing dads in this place, some amazing guys who, who really lay themselves down for their families. And I just want you to know I'm really, really proud of you. And I thank you for that. And I know that some of you uh, hopefully were able to get some Christmas, or some Christmas gifts. What are we talking about? <laughs> Father's Day gifts. Um, but I know maybe you didn't get what you like. So I decided to bring some of my favorite things uh, to be able to throw out here some gifts for the guys. So I, I love chocolate. Anybody else like chocolate? Men out there, you like chocolate? Okay. I like chocolate and peanut butter. So I brought peanut butter M&Ms. Who likes peanut butter? M&M's. These are for men, not the women. Women, put your hands down. Boom, I land it. I just was four for four, everyone. I felt good about that. All right. Do we, do we got any golfers in the house? Any golfers in the house? Okay, I love golf. I got sleeves of Pro V1s. All right, if you want a sleeve of Pro V1s, Todd, you're right there. All right, we got another one right there. There's some Pro V1s. Anyone We got, oh, we got some, oh, I almost just took out a kid. I'm so sorry. Sorry, front row gets that one. Seriously, I, I think I was only three for four on that one. My bad. All right, and then I love to go to, I just love to go to Home Depot and then, and just buy things. And sometimes I'll just go there by myself just to be by myself. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? So I got a $50 gift card to Home Depot. Who really wants something? Trevor? <laughs> Oh, no, what, no. Never mind, sorry. <laughs> He's not messing around back there. <laughs> oh, that went better than expected. That's great. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. I'll come down off of that one a little bit. But yeah, it's Father's Day here. Uh, we know that, but at Zoe, we call today Man Day, right? This is Man Day. In our world, uh, having a day like this isn't exactly considered politically correct, okay? It just isn't, because we live in a postmodern world, and we live in a world in, in a country that is increasingly antagonistic toward Christianity. And the result is a culture that looks to tear down any boundary or any, any limitation that might be set up in front of it. Whether it's instituted by God or whether it's man-made, they look to tear down everything. We want to be the ones who call the shots. We don't want to submit to any boundaries. We see this when it comes to sexuality, don't we? We live in a world that does not want to submit to God's vision of holy sexuality, of one man, one woman in the context of marriage. We don't want to submit to that idea. And in the same way, our culture doesn't want to submit to the boundaries God has established when it comes to things like gender. We don't want to accept the realities of God's creation. That's the world that we live in. But even if someone is okay with God's idea of a man, our culture is constantly trying to make men feel bad for being men. What is the word that is most often linked with the phrase masculinity? Toxic, right? 
Now, is there such thing as toxic masculinity? Of course there is. Just like there's a toxic version of anything in this world, right? Everything can get screwed up in some way. Like anything can do that, all right? But hear this, men. God has created you different than women, and that's okay, okay? And more than that, I would say this. It is valuable, and it is desperately needed in our world, okay? And don't allow the world to be able to say, listen, you can't. You need to only try and be like a woman. No, God has created you. There are some valuable things in you that God has purposed in you. And we're going to be able to dig into some of that today. Today is a one day a year when I talk directly to the men. This message is for everyone. Trust me, if you're a woman in the room, you're going to be challenged by this one. Okay? But I'm, I'm talking directly to the men today. All right? I love the men in a church. I believe that our church is strong because we have men in this church that love Jesus. We have men that love their families, that serve well, that lay themselves down, that are Christ-like in the way that they behave. I believe that, but I also believe that God is not done with us yet, men. God wants more for you. He has more for you. And the question this morning is, are we willing to open our eyes, open our ears, and hear from that? This morning, uh, we sang the song, Waymaker. Miracle worker. I'm believing this morning that there's some guys who walked in the door this morning with some chains around them that walk with some baggage on them that God is going to set them free this morning. I'm believing that there's some men in this place that wives have been praying for for years that God wants to do a work in your heart. But the question is, will you open yourself up and allow him to speak to you? I'm not bringing you something light this morning. I'm not bringing you cotton candy this morning. I'm bringing you some meat. And so I pray that God speaks to your hearts. All right. Would you open yourselves up as we listen? God, uh, Open your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse number 24. Uh, would you stand with me across the room? Uh, we do this if you're, this is your first time. Nothing sacred about standing. It's just what we do to say, God, we honor your word more than what I have to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you do want to speak to us this morning. We thank you that you do have a word for us this morning. And God, I'm asking that you would give us hearts that are open. God, that no matter what we've experienced, no matter where we've been in our story, that in this moment we are here for such a time as this. And God, I know that you want to do something in our hearts. So we open up to you and we pray that you have your way. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. I mean, no, this is not a wimpy text, right? It's like a strike a blow to my body. It's a, Paul is getting very, very serious in this text. But before we dig into it, what I want to do is I want to remind us of what the gospel says, okay? Uh, because uh, if we miss out on this, I think we can see things the wrong way because this is one of those texts that can make a legalistic person salivate, all right? This is one of those texts where it's like, yeah, just try harder. Try harder. That's what you got to do. Just keep trying harder. That's all you got to do. It's all up to you. You figure it out on yourself. And what does the gospel say? The gospel says that eternal life and salvation is not something that you earn with good behavior. 
All right? Salvation and eternal life is something that we receive through repentance and through placing our faith and our trust in Jesus. That's it. He is the hope. You are not the hope. You are not the salvation. You are not the one who does this for yourself. But, but, hear this. True faith demands evidence. You will see evidence of someone who has placed their faith in Christ. All right? And so that's what this text is going to dig into, and I think this is something the passage is going to challenge us with. Uh, so this morning, I got a big so what for you. I got three points and a challenge that you don't want to miss out, all right? And we're going to walk through that, but we're actually going to start with our big so what. So we say, so what? What's the point of this thing this morning? The point this morning is this. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Straight out of the text, Paul tells us what the big so what this morning is. Run in such a way as to get, to the, get the prize. How many of you actually like to run. Raise your hand if you like to run. Exactly. There's only like 10 of us that like to run. Now, lots of us run. Like, I run. I just don't like to run. That's fine. But I know we have a lot of runners, so I just want to take a survey real quick. How many of you have at least not walked, but at some point in your life, you've at least run a 5K or three miles in your life? Keep your hand raised. All right. Keep your hand raised if you've run at least a 10K or six miles at some point in your life. Not across your entire life. In one moment, you've run six miles, okay? Okay. All right, how many of you have run at least a half marathon at some point in your life? Keep your hand raised. Yeah, look at that. We're whittling down a little bit. Okay. How many of you have run at least a marathon? You've run a marathon at some point in your life. There you go. Look at that. We got some. All right. Is any, put your hands down. Has anybody ever run an Ironman? Raise your hand. Anybody in the room? There we go. Brett Silkey in the back. Whoop, whoop. There it is. Way to go, man. That's awesome. I know we got a few Ironman in the house. That's awesome. Okay? But look at what the passage says. Verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. He's saying, listen, we're all in a race. And he's using this idea of like there's only one person. We all understand there's not only one person that gets the prize when it comes to eternity. But he's saying, have this mindset. Recognize there is a destination in mind. Listen, Paul is talking about this. This is the Apostle Paul who's writing this. And you know who Paul is. Paul's a guy who had a dramatic conversion to faith in Christ. And he was involved in all this miraculous ministry. But he regularly used language like this. Language that said, don't grow weary. Right? He said things like, press on. He said, there is a day coming. He says, in this race of life, don't forget that there is a destination we're aiming at. Don't forget there is someone we're trying to get to. This isn't like a here and now. There is a race we're running. Remember that. Listen, run in such a way as to get the prize. And so for the rest of this passage, he's going to dig into this. And he's going to answer the question, how do we make sure that we are running in a way that we get the prize? How do we do that? He goes on in verse number 25. What does it say? It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. How many of you like the Olympics? You like the Olympics? You like to watch the Olympics? Okay, in our house, we love the Summer Olympics. That's our favorite. We love the swimming. We love the races, all that kind of stuff. We love watching that kind of stuff. It's great. And that's what he's referencing. When he talks about the games, that's what he's talking about. Not the modern Olympics, but the ancient Olympics. This is what they would do. They would, they'd have games, right? And they would go, in, and they knew that when you win, you get a crown, but, but he's saying, listen, we're in the same thing. We're, we're playing a game, metaphorically speaking, and there is a crown that we're after, but it isn't a crown like everybody else gets. And so point number one in this note is you want to you run in such a way, so you've got to think eternal. 
You got to think eternal. You've got to think differently than everybody else does. Because for some of us, we don't think past our next meal, do we? We're concerned about, like, what am I going to eat? Like, right now, you're sitting there hungry. You're like, what are we having for lunch? Like, that's what you're thinking about. I get it, because I do the same thing. I get real fixated on meals. Like, I love, what am I going to eat next? But that's how we think sometimes. We don't get past our next meal. We're working something, thinking about what's happening right now. And it's more than just when it comes to food. That's how we live our lives. We get focused on the here and the now. And the question that Paul is asking is, is are we living in light of eternity? Like, Really? And man, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about your life. When is the last time you thought about eternity in relation to the decisions that you were making? When's the last time? You got lots of decisions you're making on a, regular, on a daily basis. You're making decisions. When has eternity been the thing that influenced the decision that you're making in your personal life? Am I actually living in light of eternity? Am I actually investing in things, recognizing, like, I know I want to do this right now, but in the, the, the sphere of eternity, I should be thinking about this right now. I should be focused on this. I should be investing in this right now. Is that how we are? Think about it in your marriage. Think about it in your family, with your kids, dads, dads. It's really easy to be fixated on, like, oh, I just want to make sure I get my kids what they want. I just want to make them happy. I just want them to stop complaining. I just want to focus on those kind of things, right? How can I, how can I just entertain them? How can I make sure that they're the best at the sports? How can I make sure they're best at school? How can I make sure that they get to go to the college that they want to go? All those things are good things. But when's the last time you made decisions in your home based on their eternity? Like, am I doing the right thing for their eternity? Am I modeling what it means to prioritize the kingdom of God over the here and now? When's the last time you did that? I got to ask myself the same question. When my kids look at me, is eternity even on their mindset? Are they watching me model that in front of them? If we're going to be those who run a race, right, and we get the prize, we have to think differently. We have to think eternal. It's what God is calling every single one of us because... There is a day of dividing that's coming. Our world doesn't want to think about. There is a dividing. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And the decisions that we make impact that. And are we making eternal decisions? Are we focusing on the things that matter most? Am I thinking about that as I lead my family, as I lead my life? Am I focused on the things that matter? Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 3. I love this passage. Here's what it says. It's for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And if we're honest, I mean, I'm embarrassed by how often I'm set on earthly things. This phrase, I love the phrase, their God is their stomach. Does that mean they're just what they want to eat? No. The natural cravings, the daily cravings of this world, that's the thing that dictates their lives. And if you ask yourself, is that what dictates your life? God's calling us to a different place. He's calling us to think differently. But so often this is what we fall back into, setting our mind on earthly things. But he's saying, no, no, no. Listen, if we're followers of Christ, what do we do? Our citizenship is in heaven. We have to think differently. We serve a different kingdom. We serve a different king. And so therefore, our minds have to be focused on something else. If you want to run your waist in such a way as to reach the prize, to earn the prize, then what do we do? We think eternal. We go on, though, in verse number 26, and what does it say? 
says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I love this visual, right? It's like I'm just running around like, you know, I'm not doing this, okay? And we know like when boxers, they kind of do this thing to get warmed up. But there's a difference. But like, I'm not, I'm not this guy, right? I'm not running around boxing. like That, that would be a waste to do those things. What's the second thing? We got to quit wasting time. We got to quit wasting time. If we're honest, we waste a lot of time wandering aimlessly. I know I can do that in my own life with no purpose, no direction, no intentionality. Have you ever had a free day? Some of you are like, what's a free day, right? A day where you don't have to do anything. You ever had a day like that? You have a free day? You ever have a free day and you're like, sweet, I got time and I can do all this stuff that I need to do, but you don't have a plan and then you get to the end of the day and you realize, what did I do with that whole day, right? I didn't get anything done. Like nothing that I wanted to get done is done. Why? Because there was no intentionality behind that. There was no focus. We weren't striving. And we, we so often can get into this pattern where we're not focused on the right things. And the result is we end up wasting time. But then more than just the deficiency that we naturally have, how many know that we live in a culture that makes its money by getting us to waste more time? Like what is TV there? It is to get you to stay there, right? Because they make money when you stay there. You know, every streaming service that's out there, you ever notice what happens? When you watch a show, as soon as it's done, what does it do? It plays you another show. It just self-plays. Why? Because it wants you to stay there. It wants you to waste time. That's how they make money. Whether it's sports, whether it's movies, whether it's video games. When I was a kid, you play video games and then it was done. There are video games that just go forever now. It wants to suck the time that you have. It's social media. It's our phones. How many hours can we sit scrolling on our phones? Just wasting endless hours. And some of you are like, but Greg, that's how I relax. And I get it. Sometimes that's how I relax too. Okay. But there's a difference between relaxing and refreshing times and just escaping and wasting. And sometimes our relaxing that doesn't end just turns into laziness, turns into sloppiness. And somebody's got meddled by that one a little bit, right? Relaxing that doesn't end, it just turns into laziness for us. And the enemy wants you to waste your time on stuff that doesn't matter. Why am I saying this? Because I, want, I don't want you to have fun. I don't want you to do any of the fun stuff that you like to do. Is that why I'm saying that? No. Because here's the deal. You don't understand it, but the enemy is winning every time you are wasting your life. That's what he wants. Because what's it going to do? It's going to wreck your eternity. It's going to wreck your marriage. It's going to wreck your family. It's going to wreck your relationship with your kids. It's going to wreck your job. It's going to wreck everything about your life will get wrecked if he can get you to waste your time on stuff that doesn't matter. That's what he wants for you. Remember what does the enemy do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And see, God's desire is something so much better for you than that. He's inviting you into something so much better than that. But the enemy wants you wandering aimlessly so you don't do point number three, which is this. Get serious about what matters most. Get serious about what matters most. What does it say in verse 27? No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Paul had a healthy fear. Remember, we know who Paul is, right? Paul's this guy. He was, he was out there preaching. He's leading people to faith in Christ. That's what he's doing. He's a missionary, planting churches, doing all these things. But he had a worst-case scenario set up in his mind. And what was the worst-case scenario? Worst-case scenario is that I, Paul, go around and preach and plant churches all over the world, lead all these people to faith in Christ, and at the end, I screw it up and miss out on eternity myself because I didn't run the race right. That's his worst-case scenario. And he said, what does he do? So he takes it serious. I, 
I beat my body so that it is my slave, so that nothing in my flesh takes me the wrong direction. I don't allow myself to go the wrong way. I'm not going to say, oh, I just, woe is me. I'm not going to blame anybody else. No, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to get serious about this thing because this matters more than anything else. More is matter than my, it matters more than my preaching. matters more than anything else I can do is that I am taking care of myself and that I'm heading in the right direction personally. And I will say that this is a verse, I got it highlighted, I got it starred in my verse, in my Bible, because I'm the same guy. I stand up on a stage every single week, right? I get up here and I'm preaching, and I'm preaching, and I'm trying to lead people to Christ, trying to do this. And, and the worst case scenario would be I get to the end of my life, and somewhere along the way, I end up missing out. Why? Because I do something stupid. I go off the rails somewhere. I miss out on my faith. So you know what I do? I got to take this thing seriously. Like, I don't get up here and just like, how can I entertain the church for a little while and then go about my business? No, I got to go every day. What do I do? I open the word of God because I desperately need to come under the authority of scripture in my own life. I need to submit my life to him. Is it because I'm this good Christian? No, I desperately need it because I know myself. I will fail if I don't stay in the word of God. What do I do? Every day I try and bring my heart before God because I can set every accountability structure in the world. In the, but, but if I am not bringing my heart before God and saying, God, shine a light. And if there's anything that's wrong, would you just give me the ability to submit it and to lay it on? If I don't do that, I'll get off the rails some way. And I'm preaching to all you. But to the end, I miss out. I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for your life. Paul's asking something of us. He's challenging us with something. He's saying there's something more. There's important things. Take it serious. I love his language. Like, he's not messing around. And I think for us, there are things that are really, really important in our lives. And we treat them so casually. We act like it doesn't matter. Man, God's calling us to something higher, to lean into the things that actually matter in our lives. So what matters in your life? I would say, number one, your faith should matter. Your faith should matter. It should be the thing that you take seriously. Like, you don't screw around with that thing. You don't blame somebody else, right? You don't blame other people while my faith or I'm just feeling it. No, no, you take responsibility for your faith. You say, I'm going to lean in here. For others of you, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids. It matters more. Listen, I've been to a lot of funerals. And you know what they don't talk about at funerals? Stuff. You know what they talk about? Relationships. Your relationship with God your relationship with other people. But are you taking that stuff seriously? Am I taking that stuff seriously? That's the calling. Paul's saying, focus on the stuff that matters. Get serious about what matters most. And so, this morning, I want to I wrap up with our challenge. And uh, I have a very, very specific challenge this morning. And this is a challenge that uh, I think some of the women are like, oh, that feels like a really guy challenge. You're like, yeah, it is. Sorry. It's two words every man knows. Here it is. Man up. Man up. Every guy in the room knows what that means. Do the hard thing. Take responsibility. Do the thing maybe you don't want to do, but the thing you know you need to do. Man up. Do it. It's possible you're here in the room this morning. For some of you, you've been running in a way... And you know that you're not running the right direction. For some of you, maybe you've been focusing on the temporary. For some of you, maybe you've been wandering aimlessly and, and wasting time in some way. Maybe some of you, things are falling apart in your life and you haven't done anything about it. You know it, but you're not taking responsibility. Men, here's the challenge for you today. Man up. Deal with it. Am I being harsh? 
No, I'm asking you to to step into what God has for you. Because so often we accept so much, something so much further below than what God actually desires for our lives. But it takes responsibility of us to step up and say, I want to I take hold of what God has for me. Man up. So what does that mean? I'm going to walk through some things for a few moments, man. And my prayer this week has been that, that the Holy Spirit would shine a light on one of these areas in our lives. Every one of us, including me. What of these areas do I need to step up in? Which of these areas do I need to man up in and, and engage in? at a deeper level than I am today. For some of us, we need to man up when it comes to our marriage. Some of you walked in the door this morning and you know your marriage is falling apart, it's struggling, you're not doing anything about it. You're just letting it fall apart. You know your wife isn't happy, you know that you're frustrated, you know that you're not doing, any, you're not doing anything about it. Man up, deal with it. Is it important? Then lean into it. Maybe you need to go seek counseling, personally or to, as a couple. Maybe you need to start spending some more time there. Maybe you need to begin investing in there, right? If it's important, then do something about it. For some of you, maybe you need to man up as a father. Maybe that's what you need to man up. You have kids, and your kids wish they spent time, and you spend all of your energy trying to buy them things, and they just want to know you. They just want to spend some time with you. Here's my challenge. Man up. Take responsibility of the greatest role and privilege you could possibly have to raise either a boy or a girl for Christ. It's the greatest, some of the greatest minutes, you think, oh, the greatest thing I'm ever going to do is some business I've built, right? Some amazing thing that I've done out there in the world. No, the greatest thing you could possibly do in this world may be the child that you are raising in your home right now. It's the greatest thing you could possibly do. The greatest success you could ever celebrate at the end of your life. But maybe you need to step up into that. You need to own your responsibility. For some of you, maybe you need to man up when it comes to your physical body. This one will meddle. Maybe people are telling you, man, you got to take care of yourself. You're, You're eating like garbage. You're not exercising, not taking care of yourself. Listen, maybe that's the thing for you. God's saying, listen, I need to man. I got to own this right now. I got to step into this thing and take care of myself at a higher level than I am right now. Maybe you need to man up in your finances. Maybe you've got a financial thing and it's, you're like hiding it. You're not telling anybody about it because you're, honestly, you're insecure and you're ashamed of a bit. But you know you need help. Listen, stuff left in the dark is not going to get better. That financial challenge you're walking through is not going to get better. Maybe you, you need to just say, you know what, I need some help. Come talk to me. Come talk to one of our leaders. We've got people in the church that can come alongside you to help you. We don't want you to be on your own. The same thing with our marriage. Whatever it is, come talk to somebody. We would love to walk alongside you. But it's going to take somebody stepping up. Maybe you need to man up when it comes to an addiction. There's some of you that come on a regular basis and you know your struggle with an addiction to a chemical in some way. Whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's pharmaceuticals, whatever it is. You struggle with that. Man up. Deal with it. Does it mean, oh, I'm just going to grit my teeth and everything will be better? No, it's going to be a long journey probably. But it starts with you taking a step. And God has freedom for you. He has, he has a whole new life for you, but it's going to take the first step. Somebody's got to take the first step. Men, maybe that's today for you, to take a step. Maybe you need to man up when it comes to a, a, a self-destructive behavior in your life. Some of you men, maybe you deal with anger. You deal with bitterness. You deal with something like that, and it's tearing you apart, and it's constantly causing problems in your relationships, in your homes, whatever it is. Maybe you need to deal with that. Maybe you need to go seek some counseling. Maybe you need to go experience some freedom that way. Man up. Deal with it. Like, don't just keep punting it out. Because, listen, punting it out is not going to make things better. It's not going to get any better. 
Again, you leave it in the dark, it's just gonna get worse. But it takes a first step. It's God calling you there today. Maybe it have to do with an issue of sin. Maybe there's a secret sin that you've got going on in your life right now. It's a sexual sin. Maybe there's an addiction that you've got and you feel like, I can't break out of this thing. I'm struggling. I know it can be one of the most difficult things, whether it's pornography, whether it's some other sexual sin. But it's gonna take a first step for you to say, I wanna deal with this thing. I'm not gonna keep just hiding it. I'm not gonna just keep living where I'm at. You know, God, I wanna take responsibility. I wanna, de- I wanna take the first step, whatever that looks like. Come talk to somebody. Let's, let's step out of the darkness and let's begin to live in the light together because God has something better for us. And lastly, maybe it is simply your faith. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I, I come to church a couple times a month maybe. You know, I pray before I eat. You know, that's, that's my faith. I don't really feel like I know God, but if you're honest, you've never taken responsibility for your faith. You're not the one investing in your faith. You don't open the word. You're not here on a regular basis. And God is saying, listen, you need to man up in your faith. Again, you don't save yourself. It is by Christ alone, praise God. But we have to take responsibility. We have to count the cost. We have to be the ones who take up our cross and follow Christ. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And some of you men out there, you've been casually doing this faith thing. And today is a day for you to say, I'm done with it. I'm done playing the games. I'm done pretending like I'm the Christian and showing up every once in a while to be around spiritual things just so I appear as though I'm following Christ when in your heart you know you aren't. No, today could be the day where you say, God, I'm all yours. Listen, all all the failures, all the mistakes, I'm yours. I want to pursue it. I want to take responsibility for my faith. I want to run this race in such a way as I get the prize, not hoping somebody else will take me there. God, I'm owning my faith. And for some of you, you need to take that step desperately. And hear this, there are things that can be transformed. Your life can be transformed. Your marriage can be transformed. But generations behind you can be transformed simply because you take the step to say, I am standing firmly on Christ. But it takes a first step. And I don't say it in a derogatory way. I say, man up. Step into what God has for you. But I know even as I say that, there's some of you that feel what oftentimes I can feel in my life. Because one of the greatest tools that the enemy will use with men is shame and regret. Because even as I talk this morning... Some of you are like, I know, I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible husband. I'm a horrible dad. I'm a horrible follower of Jesus. That's, I'm just bad. Oh, man, I, I'm, I don't do that well. I'm a bad. That's what the enemy does. I just want you to hear this. I say this on a regular basis. There's probably no place where the enemy can hold me most captive than when it comes to my own home. Because listen, my wife, my wife sees all of the garbage. She knows the brokenness in me. She knows the times I make mistakes. I can lead the church with strength, but there's a lot of times in my own home it's a challenge because the enemy will use shame to get me to stop. He'll use shame to hold me down. And you men know that. It's a chain that can hold on to us. What is shame? Shame shame says my mistakes are who I am. Right? Conviction says this. My, My mistakes are things that I've done. But God's sin can cover that. And the Holy Spirit today is saying, some of you need to step out of the shame. The thing that has held you there, whatever area of your life is just feeling regrets, it's held you there. And I'm saying today is a new day for you to step up 
to step into the things that maybe you failed before, recognizing, you know what, are you going to make mistakes in the future? Yep, so do I. But God is still calling us to something. Can we jump into a race and pursue it with everything that we've got? And when we fail, what do we do? We get back up and we keep walking, right? Because that's what God is calling us to. And he's provided that for us. He gave us Christ so that we could have victory, not death. And what do we need in this room for men? When we're kids, at least most, most boys really like to play with superheroes and you read it, you watch the shows, you watch the movies, all those kind of things. And I think our vision of superheroes is, you know, I'm going to go save the whole day, save the world. But most superheroes look like a man who wakes up in the morning and says, God, I died to myself and I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve my wife. I'm going to serve my kids and hear this. Men, you need to hear this because I hear from your wives sometimes. Your wife is just craving that. Your wife is craving a man, not who does all the amazing things, but a a man who just simply would get on his knees and seek Jesus and to serve you and, and to live faithfully to Christ. So this morning, the invitation is, God, will we step into what you're calling us to? We got men here of every age. We got young men, got older men, everything in between. Wherever you're at in your life, I believe God wants to speak something directly to you. So for the next few moments, here's what I want to do. I want to give some space to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Okay, so I'm going to invite you all to close your eyes, bow your heads just for a moment. For no other reason but just to have a, a little focus. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you just for about 30 seconds, with us online, I encourage you to do the same. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you shine a light on an area of my life where maybe I need to man up? Ladies, you can do the same thing. You can call it woman up if you want to. I don't care. But would you find an area where God is telling you to lean in a little bit? You need to lean into this area. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds and just say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you shine a light? One area, not 50 areas, one area where I need to, I need to lean in and deal with it. Jesus. Father, I pray this all the time, but I just am so grateful that, that you're constantly inviting us to yourself in a, in a richer way, in a deeper way, God. And some of these things that we're talking about here, God, I know that these are things that have been holding us back from a deeper relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray right now as you're speaking to men and women across this room and with us online, I pray, Father, that there would be a firmness, not a moment of shame, not a moment of regret, but a moment of conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, this is an area I can lean into a little bit more. Because, God, we don't want to take things casually that you take seriously. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us across the room. Now, whatever it is, Lord, whether it's issues of marriage, whether it's families, whether it's, you know, issues in our finances, whether it's sin issues, addictions, whatever it is, if it's just in our faith, God, I pray that it would be another step of faith that we'd be taking, God. God, that you would call us to another level, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bow and every eye closed this morning, if you're here this morning, I, I just feel compelled to give a moment here. You're here this morning and you would say, you know what, in my faith, 
I've been off, I'm totally off, and I need to have a moment of rededication of, of placing my faith in Jesus, or I need to, for the very first time, place my faith in Jesus. If that's you this morning, I don't want to leave this moment without giving you an opportunity to really have a moment with God. And so if that's you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you right now as a step of faith to say, yes, I need to recommit, place my faith in Jesus. Would you just lift a hand across the room and say, that's me. I need a fresh start in my faith. Yeah, I need a fresh start in my faith. Yeah, across the room, I want to give you a moment. Step in. This could be the greatest moment of your life. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to invite you, if that's you, I want you to pray in your heart as I pray right now. God, I thank you. I thank you that you don't approach me in condemnation. You approach me with conviction that leads to healing. And so, God, I thank you for that. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've maybe walked away from you, God. But, but once again, I want to give my life to Jesus. I surrender my life to Jesus. I proclaim him Lord of my life, Lord over everything. Help me to live for you in everything. God, I repent of my ways, and instead, God, help me to walk in your ways. Thank you, Jesus. This is a new beginning for me in my life. Pray that you help me to live it out for your glory. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to I end with something here real quick. Is this? If you're a man here today, you're 12 or older, if you're a man here, and you say, you know what? I, I want to live this faith thing out. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to just pray over you men. And so I'm going to invite you, if you're comfortable, would you just stand? If you're a man saying, I want to live out faith in Christ. I, want to be, I don't want to be the guy who stands back. I want to be the one that serves Christ. That's you across the room. Would you stand? Okay? If you're a guest, no, no compulsion to stand if you don't want to. Um, man, I want you to just look around the room for a second. Because I know in the worlds that you live in, it may feel like you're the only one who follows Jesus. On the work site, you're just like, there's nobody else that even is following. I feel like I'm the one running against the stream. A lot of ways you are, but you need to know you're not alone in this thing. Okay, there's a church that loves you. There's a church that's with you. There are other men that are standing with you. And what you need more than anything is to have men in your life like this. And so I would encourage you, this is a place you need to be regularly. This is a place you need to invest in. This is a place where you need to, to, to build relationships, to find some groups that you can jump into because we need that. If we're gonna be the men God's call us, we can't do it on our own, all right? But I believe in you, and I believe that God wants to do great things in and through you, in your families. And so I pray that we would have hearts submitted to him. And so I'm going to ask you to do something, men, if you're willing to do so, and just say, God, I want to submit my heart to you again. Just put your hands out like this. Ladies, if there's a guy around you want to lay a hand on as we just pray over them, encourage you to do that. But God, we thank you for these men. These men that are willing to stand up in a world that says, oh, following Jesus is dumb. I thank you that there are men that say, I want to follow Christ. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And God, I pray that these would be men who stand firm in that calling, that they respond to you, that they are submitted to you, that every day they don't take faith casually, they don't play the game, they don't pretend. Help them to step into the realities of what it means to follow Jesus, to serve, to walk in his ways, to walk in love, to walk in grace, to walk in his character. God, I pray that you would reveal that in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would challenge men. And Lord, I'm asking in a world that is so often going off the rails, I pray for a deepening of conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, that there would be clarity, that we would understand what you are desiring of us in every moment, because there are decisions these men have to make. Even right now, some of them are contemplating decisions. God, I pray that you would give them discernment, give them wisdom, give them understanding that they know how to walk in your ways, Lord. Would you do that, God, we pray. 
And Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Bless them in their jobs. Bless them in school. Bless them on everything that they do in their families, in their relationships. May your blessing be on them as they live submitted to you. And God, I pray for whatever the area is that you're calling them up in. Whatever the thing is the Holy Spirit put on their hearts. God, I pray that they would step up this week. God, I pray that they would step up this month, this year, that they would man up in that area of their life and God, see breakthrough in areas where maybe they have been living in bondage. We believe that, we trust that, and we ask that. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen.